Gruesome Herzog, the voice of horror. Do you like horror? Well, I do. So tune in to Gruesome Herzog's Horror Movie Review. A little creepy, though. There you go. Yeah. Hello, everyone. This is Gruesome Herzog. My very special guest tonight is actor and legend, Erwin Keyes. How you doing, Erwin? Oh, good, good. I don't know about legend, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's to call me a legend, I guess so. Well, you, I know... <laughs> it won't be worse than that. <laughs> I know being an actor like yourself and being in the business for since the 70s, and you're modest, but in a lot of fans' eyes, you are a legend in what you've done in the past, some of the horror movies that you're in, some of the older TV shows that you're in, which is one I'm going to talk about a little bit later, that I watched all the time as a kid. And uh, you know what I'm talking about, but we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, but one thing I want to start with, you know, I, I've noticed that I'm sure that when this movie came out in the 70s, it wasn't expected to be like a iconic movie uh, per se, but it's a very, very popular classic. And it's The Warriors in 1979. Do you want to give the listeners an idea of what your experience was and how you got even got involved in that movie? Oh uh, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, well, the Warriors. Uh, uh, in the movie, I played the bad cop number one. That's what I called myself because I'm the bad cop who uh, who takes out Ajax. I'm the guy who jumps out of the car and in uh, uh, we shot this thing. Uh, uh, in Riverside Park, and uh, it took us two nights to shoot the scene. And uh, first, he gets arrested by uh, by an under undercover uh, detective prostitute, and then uh, uh, and then the car pulls up to take him out, and and he's there like uh, coming at us, pulling this bench, this bench in Central Park, and coming at us, and and I have to take him out with my nightstick. And uh, it was a pretty. Uh, uh, it was a pretty, uh, uh, pretty loud scene, pretty good action scene, and very loud. And, and uh, uh, when we made this movie, I, I had a number of friends who were in the movie, and uh, you know, we would talk to each other and say, "Wow, this is there's something really special going on here." Yep. And, uh, and we just didn't know exactly what at the time, but we knew that this was going to be a really good movie. Uh, I had a friend who was in the Lizzies, and I had a friend who was. Uh, in the uh, in the in the main bad gang, uh, he was one of the guys there, uh, guy Joel Weiss, and uh, uh, and I just remember we would we would talk for on and on about all we would talk about is the Warriors, Warriors, and it was just, <laughs> we just knew this was going to be a really good movie, and then and then when the movie came out, it, it like exploded in the theaters, and it was all kinds of of, uh, of people went nuts. Yeah. Uh, there were people came and they were fighting and yelling and screaming at each other. There were gang fights for movies and Jesus. Uh, they really took over and became the warriors. It was just, <laughs> it was just amazing. Uh, uh, they had to, they had to have police there to guard the theaters and it you know became really crazy. But it was really a very good movie. Yep. It actually had a good story. Yep. And uh, we always knew that this was a classic, and, and that's how it turned out to be. Yes, sir. And the next one um, is also um, came out in 1980 um, when it was made. A lot of the actors that was in the film at the time thought, "Oh, wow, this is a movie. You know, 
it's, it's a paycheck, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this movie turned out to be one of the most iconic horror movies of all time. It's Friday the 13th in 1980. Now, I know you had an uncredited role, but there is some big, big Friday the 13th and horror fans. And if you would like to explain to listeners exactly what part you had and your experiences in that movie. Okay. Um, yeah, we actually shot this movie in 1977. And it, it, it took uh, Sean Cunningham, the director, producer, three years to sell the movie because no one wanted to put it out. He couldn't, right. get, a, he couldn't get a studio to put it out. And finally, uh, Paramount picked it up, and uh, it became what it what it is today, uh, uh, with all the, the remakes and remakes of remakes and remakes and remakes. And, and uh, in the movie, um, there was there was a scene in the diner where uh, the girl first comes in, right in the beginning of the movie, and she's looking for Camp Runham up there. Yep. And uh, that's what I call the Camp Camp Runham up. And uh, uh, I was the I was the uh, Busboy, uh, and uh, I was really creepy looking. And people used to think, "Oh, he's going to be Jason. He's going to be Jason." That's what people always told me. "Oh, you're going to be Jason." You know, they thought I was Jason, and then it became something else. So it was kind of like a MacGuffin. It was, you know, they thought one thing was something else. Uh, I had done a number of movies for Sean Cunningham before that, and it was one of those things. He just called me up. And said, "Hey, you want to be in my uh, horror movie? We're shooting it tomorrow, tomorrow uh, uh, in New Jersey, and blah blah blah." And I said, "Sure, I'd be glad to do it." And 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 that's that's a, that was the lowdown on Friday the Thirteenth. That's awesome. You know it, that movie again is is so popular today. I mean, it's just a great film. You know, like I said, when you when it first came out, like like you said, it took three years for it to even get a deal. And then now look at it. I mean, it's one of the granddaddies of the horror family. Yeah. <laughs> the next film I can remember watching in 1980, it's called The Exterminator. And for listeners, I'm not saying Terminator. It's Exterminator with um, Robert Ginty and Christopher George. Now, what was your experience like in this one? Uh, well, uh, uh it was actually a really cool part. You know, in The Warriors, I got to be a cop. In this movie, I got to be the opposite side. I started playing bad guys. I played uh, uh, one of the ghetto ghouls in the movie, uh, Bobby the Ghetto Ghoul. Yep. And, uh, uh, and my favorite scene was, was, was supposedly our last, my last scene. And uh, that's when we were uh, handcuffed to this radiator. And, uh, and and the rats were seen running all over us. Uh, and then uh, and then the reporter said that that uh, uh, two of the two of the ghouls were dead and one was still kind of hanging on to life. And uh, and then uh, I heard uh, by then I was in California and I heard that they were going to do a second one, like the Exterminator Two. Yep. And uh, uh, I heard about this and I I uh, got a hold of the producer of the movie. And I, uh, I made up the story. I said, well, you know, the other two guys are these skinny guys, and, and it has to be someone with some meat on them to survive this, this rat attack. And uh, he goes, you know, yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, I'll use you in the second one. <laughs> in the second one. And then eventually he set me on fire, and he said, you're not coming back again. <laughs> you know, that's a great... You know, that movie there to me was one of the most underrated action films uh, vigilante films 
in a long time. You know, because you had the Charles Bronson's, you had the Death Wishes. I mean, that movie, I, I loved Exterminator. And to me, I think back then was also an unknown. And I know a lot of people today is venturing back to watch the Exterminator. Now, of course, the younger generation probably get it confused with Terminator. But uh, I recommend that movie for anybody. That's a good action film. It really is a very good movie. In fact, it won won really a big award at cons. People don't know this, but it won some kind of award at cons for being a great movie. Yep. And, uh, they loved it in France. I and bet. It really did really well. Uh, and it, it used to play here on television, and they stopped playing it. Yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing that you say that. And now watch now. Next week will be on TV. It's <laughs> I hope so. I yeah. Hope so. Yep. Well, the next film was 1982. It's a comedy. And again, I watched this also because you had the Scott Bayo craze and the Willie Ames craze. Um, zapped in 1982. Directed by Robert J. Rosenthal. Now, what was your experience oh, right. like in this one? Well, uh, this one, um, I got to play uh, a baseball pitcher, a bad, a bad baseball pitcher named Tumin Levine. Yep. And uh, this, you know, and basically, they uh, this is where uh, he had that magic nose that stops the baseball, so he could hit it and get the home run. Yep. And uh, uh, and then my character just goes crying on, on the uh, pitcher's mound uh, because he lost the game. Uh, it was a fun it was a fun little movie to do. Uh, uh, and the best thing I think about it was uh, meeting Scatman Crothers. Oh, yeah. He was the uh, coach on that movie. Yep. And, uh, and, and then years later, uh, I ran into Scott Bale on another movie I did with him that you don't know about because it's never come out called Very Mean Men. Oh, wow. And that's not on your list. No. <laughs> Very mean men. It's somewhere, but they've never released it. Now, what was Scatman Scatman Crowther's like? Oh, he was like a really nice guy. He was really cool. You know, he uh, he was a nice man. Really nice guy. Yep. Well, the next film. Well, actually, the, the next one is you're on the TV series. Um, you played on an episode called "Of Mice and Men." You play a character of Lou. 1982, the Laverne and Shirley show. Now that oh, had to yeah, been, well, yeah, that had to been fun. Well, the, yeah, the the story behind that was uh, uh, um, that was that was after I did the Jeffersons. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because I had done a recurring character on the Jeffersons named Hugo. Yep. It was a very well-known character, and uh, but of course that was the number one show in the country at the time, the, the Jeffersons. And then, then the Laverne and Shirley thing came along, and I did the character, the Lou character, and uh, it was just it was the Laverne and Shirley without Shirley, and uh, it was like I think the last season of the of the series. Okay. And uh, uh, it was really fun to work with uh, uh, with Penny Marshall. Okay. Yeah, I, I was going to get... Yeah, you were in a TV series at Jefferson's. It ran from 81 to 84. And you played a character of Hugo Maljolaski. Is that how it's pronounced? Maljolaski. Yeah. And you ran, you ran a couple... You know, I think it, was, it says here you ran five episodes. Um, yeah, actually it was six. Okay. Actually it was six. Now, what was it like to work with Sherman Hensley and the crew? 
Well, this is my very first first uh, job in California, and uh, I came from New York. Everything else before I was in New York, I did, and then I come out here to California, and this is like the number. This was the number one show in the country. Yep, uh, it was it. a top-rated show in America, and uh, uh, I couldn't believe it. I, I when I remember I entered the stage, and the audience starts laughing. <laughs> and I couldn't deliver my first line. I had to wait until the audience, their laughter calmed down, and then I delivered my first line, and the laughter was all the way back up there again. Oh, wow. And it was like, and I, every show, this is what I dealt with, because they just loved me, the audience. They thought I was the funniest thing since Swiss cheese. <laughs> well, you were. <laughs> it was yeah. a very funny character, yeah. I was very funny. I love that show, and I watch it every week. You know, it's one of those classics that will, well, it's still being played today on TV and reruns. You know, that, that right. it's, it's, yeah. it has yeah. a life of its own. But now, yeah. you you also mentioned another movie earlier, The Exterminator Part 2, which I've seen also. You played a character of Monster. It was, it was actually the same character from before. Right. Right. Um, God, I'm getting all beside myself. I'm editing. But now, The Exterminator 2, now, I don't know this. You might know it more than I will. Was it a little more popular than the first one, or or didn't quite um, have the same punch as the first one? Uh, I don't remember. I think they were both popular in their own way. Right. I think they both were about the same. Okay, yeah. But, that... but the second one, Robert Ginty wasn't in the second one. Right. It was a stuntman in a, in a in a flamethrower suit through the whole movie. No kidding. There, there was no there was no Robert Ginty in the movie. He w- he didn't want to do the second one. <laughs> You're kidding me. No, no, he didn't do it. And uh, uh, and the big star in the movie was Mario Van Peebles. Yep. Okay. He was the head of the gang. Yeah, that's funny because on, on the IMDb it credits, credits him as in the movie, but he wasn't in it. That's crazy. They credit him as the exterminator. Yeah, that's incorrect. That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> he was oh. the bad guy. One of the bad guys. Oh my god! Well, here's a classic from 1987, um, Candyland. You remember that one, Robert Allen oh, Schitzer? Yeah. yeah. Talk to me. You uh, play- you've seen you. You mean you've seen Candyland? Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. And you played a character of Biff. I was the uh, bodyguard, the uh, doorman. I was the doorman in the stripper club, and all the strippers had hearts of gold, and they were all going to college, and they were all really nice, and uh, uh, there was never any bad stuff, and. Uh, 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 it was uh, it was a little it was on the edge of being kind of a comedy. Yeah. Uh, 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 and uh, uh, I don't know if there's a lot to say about Candyland. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's one I, I I think you can talk a little more about. I mentioned his name earlier, ironically. Um, Death Wish Four: The Crackdown '87. Now Charles Bronson is getting a little older. Um, to me, this. To me, this wasn't one of my favorites. Um, you know, it was all right, but I liked the first three. But uh, what was your experience like in Death Wish 4 with Charles Bronson? 
Well, I played a chauffeur in Death Wish 4, and uh, I uh, in the scene, uh, it was at one of these big uh, skyscraper, uh, skyscraper buildings, uh, uh, and the... Uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, I was a chauffeur for this, this bad guy pimp, and he was returning home, and there was Charles Bronson in his house, mm. in his apartment, and the two of them going to have a big fight, and this and that, and karate, and this and that, and the next thing you know, Bronson throws him over the railing, and he falls eight stories, and there I am, I'm standing in front of my, uh, limousine, la-di-da, la-di-da, and boom! And, uh, he smashes right into, right behind me, in, into the uh, limousine, and, and the limousine collapses. Uh, the limousine, you know, the the the, uh, the inside of the interior collapses. Right. And and no one no one really told me exactly what was going to happen. Oh my god! And when it happened, this thing almost hit me in the head. Jesus. <laughs> you know, it didn't, it didn't quite fall eight stories, but, it, 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 you know, uh, when they had the stuntman do the actual stunt, uh, I guess he probably fell about about forty, about 30 or 40 feet off of a ladder, and uh, uh, and I swear, he almost hit me in the head. Damn. And, and uh, that's the thing I remember about Jeff's <laughs> Four. Well, trust me, the, from what you're talking, I think I'll remember that also, almost getting killed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, here's here, here's one for the ages. Um, I know um, it was a remake from the actual cartoon, um, The Flintstones, um, directed by Brian Levant. Now, here's a this movie had a great cast of characters. You had John Goodman, Elizabeth Perkins, Rick Moranis, Rosie O'Donnell, Halle Berry, Elizabeth Taylor. Richard Mole, Erwin Keyes, Jonathan Winters, Harvey Corman as voice. Now that had to have been one hell of a movie to have all them stars in one movie. And to win yeah. six wins and seven nominations. Now what was your now what was that like for you as far as being in the Flintstones? That was uh, uh that was my first A movie in California. And uh, uh it was it was a great movie to be on because uh, they actually hired me on a daily because uh, they weren't sure what they wanted me to do in the film. And uh, uh, I played Joe Rockhead, one of Fred's buddies in yep. the quarry, and, uh, uh, and his bowling buddies. <laughs> so they weren't quite sure what they wanted to do with me. And uh, I was on a daily, and this thing went, went on for two months. And it was uh, really a, a great experience. Uh, I had so much fun. Uh, uh, I don't think I ever worked in a movie that long, ever, not oh, really? since or before. Uh, it was really, it was really fun to be on. Uh, uh, and and uh, it was a class A movie. And right after that, I went. I did two movies in Romania, the the uh, Exterminator movies, and uh, not the Exterminator movies. The uh, uh, not the Exterminator. Was it? Uh, the movies I did in Romania was it Oblivion. The, I'm sorry, yeah, the Oblivion movies. We did those in Romania right after. So I, I was like, we were on the Flintstones, we were living on steak and lobster, and then we go to uh, 
Romania, and we were living on roadkill. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking so, about Oblivion in 94 and Oblivion 2 Backlash in 96. Am well, I they correct? came out they came out differently, but that they were all shot in 93. Okay. They were both shot in 93. Okay. And, and uh, uh, but it was that was that's what it was. We were living on roadkill and uh, uh, where the Flintstones we were they treated us so well. It was such a it was a really a lot of fun to be on, and that's why today it's still a very very popular movie because it was made very well. And I was the only actor from the first Flintstones that they brought back in the second Flintstones. Okay, well. <laughs> The Flintstones, you know, uh, yep. Rock Vegas. Yep. Well, first thing I want to talk to you first is based on an, another old 60s TV show. It was a TV movie. Here Comes the Monsters in 95. And ironically enough, you remember who the director was? Oh, I know who it was. <laughs> we talked about him earlier. I, I, yeah. I didn't know it was, he was going to be there. I, I didn't know who the director was when I was coming to the set. Uh, I was hired to play this part, and I go to this. Uh, I go to the set, and I remember I go, went up this dirt road in the middle of nowhere, and uh, to one of these ranches, and I kept driving and driving, and this was in the middle of the night. And by the fin- by, by, finally, after about two or three miles, I get to where this set is, and I and this and that, and they put me in my uh, in my costume, and they bring me to the set. And uh, uh, to play this character, One Eye, and uh, and who's the director? It was Robert Ginty. Mm-hmm. Ain't that ironic? And, uh, yeah, and I never, I never expected it until there he was. <laughs> well, now Edward Herman, did you have any nice chats with him? Uh, I didn't really have anything to do with him. He was in the, we were in the same scene, but they shot his stuff uh, somewhere else. Okay. Okay, that's usually how it works. Basically, on the sound stage. Okay. Interesting. Now, that you know what? I have not seen that. I should look for that. See if it's available to buy. Because I love the TV series The Monsters. It'd be nice to watch something, you know, a, a remake in the in, a, in the nineties. Yeah, this was I think the second or third remake that that they've done. You know, with different characters right. playing uh, the leads. Uh, you know. Uh, it was really a nice, it was a nice little uh, horror movie. I thought, you know, a comedy horror. I like comedy horror movies. Well, there's one that we're going to talk about a little bit later on that is a comedy horror. It's, it was good. But here's one for you. You just mentioned this one: The Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas in 2000. This time it's directed by Brian. Uh, no, it, it is the same director, Brian Levant. Excuse me. Yeah, the same director. And uh, the characters, um, of course, they're not the same. Mark Addy plays Fred Flintstone this time. He had Stephen Baldwin. Um, Joan Collins, of all people. And, and of course, Harvey, Car- Harvey Corman played Colonel Slaghoople. And uh, now, it's might make a dumb question to ask you, but being in the first film with a, a big star cast and being in the second one not as big, was, was it still... Close to the same atmosphere? Uh, not not even close. Okay. Uh, uh, you see, the first one I worked on it two months. Right. And the second one, uh, I only worked on it one day. Oh. And, and the one day I'm there, um, 
uh, I, I, I did half of my scene first, it was first up, you know, falling into the dunk tank, that part of the scene, and, uh, uh, and then they tell me, okay, go back, back, backstage and relax, and, uh, we'll get, get to you later on. And I'm there, you know, sitting on a chair, one of the chairs, you know, taking it easy. And the gal who played uh, Wilma in the second movie comes up to me, and she looks at me, and she gives me this, who are you? She goes, these chairs are only for principals. These chairs are for principals only. <laughs> and I look at her, and I say to myself, oh, this, this gal's a real idiot. Yeah, and really. I I can either tell her who I am or just, like, get up and walk away and use it against her later. Because my character, the don't tank guy, kind of used that. Because I was in my scene, the second part of my scene was with Fred and Wilma. So I said, I'm going to hold off on this one. I'm going to use it against her later. There you go. So uh, I get up and I walk away. She must probably thought I was an extra, I guess. <laughs> I get up and I walk away. And later, when she shows up on the set, and there I am on my perch as the dunk tank guy, I start saying those lines that are, you could hit the broad side of a brontosaurus. Where'd you get that on? From the third generation? You know, I'm laying all these lines on her, and I'm telling you, it made my scene into one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Right. And that was just using my, uh, you know, little actor sense there. And uh, she was so embarrassed, I'll never forget that. <laughs> good, good one. That's the best way to handle that. Well, sometimes you got, you know when you're dealing with people with actors, sometimes they, you gotta you know how to deal with them. Exactly. And I thought that was that was the best thing. Now this next movie I want to talk. Oh, I'm sorry. That you would have seen the movie, right? The first movie. Exactly. <laughs> you would have seen she would have seen the first movie. Duh. Apparently not. <laughs> no. Well, the next film. That I want to talk about is, believe it or not, it was made in 2003, but it's an icon already. It was directed by Rob Zombie. House of a Thousand Corpses in 2003. Now, there is pictures floating around with you as, a, as one of the scenes in the movie. And a lot of people, the younger generation, I should say, know you from this film now. Even though you've been in your career for a long time, but the younger generation obviously doesn't go back and watch the older movies. But... How has this movie changed the perception of you to the younger generation? Ah, well, you know, uh, I was very fortunate to get to get hired. Rob took one look at me at, at an audition and said, "I want him to play the part." Without without doing anything, because the character, he didn't know he, there was nothing to really audition. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, uh, Rob said, "I want this guy to play the part." So uh, I was very fortunate that way, and uh, uh, when we did when we did this the scene, uh, uh, we shot it over a two week period in the middle of the uh, of the desert. That's where they shot the, the Spalding uh, uh, Museum and Murder Ride, and uh, and uh, there was this uh, there was this set in the middle of nowhere. It was a gas station with a with a, one of those old hotels. And uh, it was used basically for commercials and movies, whoever wanted to rent it. And they converted it into the uh, Spalding Museum. And uh, uh, and it was a perfect place. It was really, 
but but we were we had a sandstorm the whole two weeks we were there. Oh my God! And, and the whole time, Sid kept complaining to me, "I got too much sand in my clown shoes. <laughs> I can't move. I can't move." <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so anyway, it was uh, it was a lot of fun to work for Rob Zombie. He uh, it was his very first movie. He was a little bit shy, director shy. Right. But now, Sid Haig, I had the option to meet him just past September. You know, you see him now, and the first thing you see is Captain Spaulding. I mean, I guess he'll, he'll go rest of his life known as Captain Spaulding. I mean, just a great cast of characters. You know, um, I had to be one hell of an experience to be in that. I mean, another one. That's almost like Friday the 13th. You know, when I say that, I mean, is they make it. It ain't expected to be. Nobody wanted it. I'm not saying not this, but I'm saying now it's an icon. This movie here was only made in 2003, and it's an icon for horror fans. One, Rob Zombie, the musician, and Rob Zombie, the director. And, of course, you know he did the Halloweens and all that there. So that had been a... I I can imagine the younger generation know you from from House of a Thousand Corpses. Hey, now you, you went to horror conventions, right? I've I've been doing them ever since. I never did them before that, uh, uh, but uh, uh, but you know uh, there, there was a there was a horror convention before House of a Thousand Corpses came out that it was it was still in that turnaround House of a Thousand Corpses right and uh, uh, I had done a movie uh, uh, the four the fallen ones and uh, uh, was it that one. Well, I'm not sure if it was that. It was. I did a movie, and uh, anyway, I was invited as a guest to one of these these uh, L.A. conventions. And while I, while I was there, all people could, could ask me was, "When's the movie coming out? When's Rob Zombie's movie coming out? We want to see. It. When's it coming out?" They were more interested in Rob Zombie than anything else. They want to know about Rob Zombie. Everything about Rob Zombie. Wow. Uh, he really has uh, uh, so many loyal fans. Yep, all because yep. you know. Yep, he's, he's the real, he's the real, uh, uh, the real deal. Well, there, there's Robert's the real deal. So yeah, yeah. Well, the next one it has a horror name to it, but I'm assuming that's more of a comedy. It's Horror High in 2005. You played a character as a janitor. You remember that one? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, an, a remake of that. That horror high idea. Uh, uh, again, there was a movie that uh, uh, I never really had a chance to get out there. Right. That's why. You know, I you know I I've never seen it. Oh really? No, I I, I have a couple photographs from it, but that's about it. I've never seen the movie. Wow. Well, this this next one, um, I text you while I was trying to watch this film. Um, Dream Slashers in 2007. Um, yeah, right. Uh, I don't know. I can't say it's a bad movie. All I know is um, it starts off kind of strange, and it, it kind of threw me a little bit, so I had to go away, and I can't, never came back to finish watching it. But you were, the director was Felipe Ney, and you were what, somewhat of a producer for this film also? They just used my name. Okay. They used my name, 
I had nothing to do with producing the movie, uh, but they gave me a producer credit on it. It's okay. the only thing I've ever had a producer credit on. And uh, uh, like I told you then, we shot it in like less than 24 hours. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, I never quite understood what they were doing. <laughs> I know. That's what I was trying to figure out myself. <laughs> but you play a character... Yeah, we shot it in Palm Springs in the hottest day of the year, uh, uh, and uh, uh, it was just, you know, one of those, oh, I got a camera, oh, I got lights, oh, I got a this sort of script, oh, I got some actor costumes, and they, they come up with this thing, and I have no idea what it was. Mm. Well, you, this next one is you're in an episode of a TV series that my wife watches faithfully every year and every week. CSI Crime Scene Investigation 2007. You played a character as Russ Boudreaux. Is that how it's pronounced? Yes. And the chick, chop, flick, shop. Now, being on a big TV series, I mean, I know it's different being a regular guest on a TV series, but... Having a guest role on an episode of this show, what was your experience as far as as far as being a, a special guest? Well, you know, I, I I've never really had a chance to do many hour shows, so this was like one of the one of the one of the only ones I've ever done. Right. Uh, it was uh, it just it was a, they needed a, someone who's been in horror movies because there was a, an opening scene with me chopping off this body. And okay. What they unfortunately what they did, you know, network television, they take a scene and then they they somehow managed to cut most of the body out, so you really didn't see it. Right. And uh, you know, you don't really see me cutting up this 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 dead nurse, and uh, uh, and then the lead actress dies, and uh, uh, and then later on, I led a, a, a group prayer of, of the of the twenty third psalm. Which I thought was a very nice little scene. Right. That was my favorite part of, of doing that whole thing was the, the 23rd Psalm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't remember if I've seen it. I probably did. I mean, there's so many of them. But now, there's a comedy here that I have in my collection. I still have not seen it. I'm more focused on the horror end of it. But there's one here called Black Dynamite in 2009, directed by Scott Sanders. Um, it got two wins and three nominations, but you mentioned about, I know that in a lot of your roles, you have the, the comedic side of you. Um, you know what I mean? What was your experience like for Black Dynamite? i got to tell you, I was very surprised. When I go to horror conventions, people come up to me and they go, wow, you win Black Dynamite. You got a photo from it? You and Black Dynamite. There's a lot of people who are oh fans God. of that movie. It's actually <laughs> a very, it's actually a very popular comedy. It is. You know, uh, yeah, black. It's a black comedy. That's what it is. A black comedy. Yep. And uh, uh, people, they love that movie. It's very funny. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it's based. It's basically uh, about a uh, a black detective and uh, uh, trying to solve this case. And uh, it's kind of a spoof of the 1970s yep. kind of movies. Yeah. And it's uh, uh, it's very popular. I'm surprised you, you didn't watch it. Uh, I'm, I'm going sure to like it. I'm going to now since you. 
that, it turned out that you know when I did it, I mean, I'm I'm in one scene, one little scene. Uh, there's there's five or six of us, and we have this this bad this guy who's a rat who's lined up in front of us with his hands tied, and uh, we start shooting the guns at him, and he's dead. And I go up and look at him, and I feel his for a pulse, and I look up, I go, he's dead. And everybody's laughing at my line. Said, well, he's dead. It's how you just said it to me, make sure. Well, you say it. He's dead. Arwen. Well, speaking of comedies, um, Charles Band. Now, I grew up watching Full Moon Pictures, okay, films or however it's called. I love the Full Moon Charles Band movies. I'm a weirdo. I mean, everything that he makes from now until present day, I own most of them, and there's some I'm going to be getting. But you played in Evil Bong 3D, The Wrath of Bong, in 2011. Right. You know, what was your experience like to work with Charles Band? I mean, I'm sure you've seen some of his movies a long time ago, but to me, that would be an experience of a lifetime. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> well, he uh, 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 he produced the two Oblivion movies. Okay. Years before, and uh, I would I would always run into him here and there, and I would always tell him, uh, "Gee, you really must have liked me because uh, I got my full salary." And he would laugh at that and say, "No, I have nothing to do with it." You know, he always pay everybody, and I said, "Yeah, I guess so." But you know, you you always paid me my money. And uh, I ran into him, uh, uh, I guess, last November at the film market. And then uh, he, he, when he's doing this this movie, he did it in last January. And uh, he thought of me to do this part. And they were looking all over the Internet to find me. And finally, somebody through somebody through somebody was able to tell me that Charles wanted me. Oh, wow. Uh, for, for the, <laughs> the part. Of the killer. <laughs> Excuse me. You're right. You all right okay. now? Yeah, when I start talking about Charles Band, this always happens. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but now, your experience, now, this movie here now, what, what was it like? I mean, have you seen the first two? Uh, yeah, I did. After, uh, uh, I have a... Uh, the, the trilogy set of the movies. Okay. Okay, yeah. I have yet to see this one. Actually, I've yet to see the first two as well. I own the first two. <laughs> I have to get myself in, in gear to watch them. You know, like I said, I, I can only watch one film every two days or three days, so it's, it takes me a while to, to get through my list. But uh, I, will right, be, right. I will be watching this one. Um, well, I'm, I'm actually... My scenes, my scenes are right in the beginning. Uh... uh I've just killed my wife. I can't stand her. I've dug a grave. I have her sticking in a grave. Uh, I grab the jewelry that she's wearing, you know, and I start burying her in there. And then suddenly, uh, this asteroid or something comes flashing by me, and I and I uh, decide to explore. And I go I go up there, and it turns out to be uh, actually a rocket. Not a some kind of spacecraft, right? And, and the bong comes out of it. The evil bong comes out of it, and I'm going, "Wow, man! I can make money on this thing." 
And uh, I'm, and uh, the next, my second scene, I'm thinking, where do I take it? I take it to uh, uh, to uh, uh, to a head shop, and I take it to this head shop. And these guys, they hassle me, you know, uh, uh, you know, they're telling me it's not a porn shop, it's a head shop, and uh, they just don't want to give me any money for this. Oh God. This and, that. and then they then they get it, and the next thing you know, they're smoking out of it, and end up in Bongland. <laughs> I gotta see that. Now, speaking of horror comedy, um, I had this movie sent to me. Didn't know I was getting it. Um, I interviewed David Stay, um, and uh, Ford Austin. He played Jeffrey Dahmer, and uh, Randall Malone played a great John Wayne Gacy. Mm-hmm. And you played Dr. Pruitt. Now, Dr. Pruitt, the lines that you threw in this movie, I thought was brilliant. Dahmer versus Gacy in 2011. Of course, the critics hate it, most of them, because they don't understand independent horror. And I love this film. I reviewed it. Ford Austin had a great role in here, like I said. Now, may I ask, is Ford Austin getting better? Is he getting better? Yeah. Uh, he's been. He's had. He had a, a bad car accident. Yeah. Uh, but he's still here. He's still with us, and uh, he's had a number of operations. So he's still with us. In fact, I just sent him a note today. Uh, uh, gobble gobble. <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> oh, you did. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm in the group. I was added oh, to the group. Oh, you're in the group. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great okay. guy. So I, I I sent him notes here and there. So uh, uh, I haven't talked to him, but a friend of mine did, and uh, uh, you know he's he's really been through it. Yep. Hopefully uh, he'll pull out of this and uh, everything will be okay. A great. We guy. all wish him wish him our, our best. I'm sure. Yep. A great guy. He's a great guy. Great guy. Uh, 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 I've I've done other things for him before that. He uh, uh, he, he he did these interview. He did the interview interview show in in his car while he's driving with me. <laughs> he would he would interview me while he's driving through L.A. And uh, he would, you know, shift the camera back and forth. And, oh wow! Uh, uh, it was really very. It really came out very well what he did. That's cool. Very clever. Very clever. Now, Randall and, uh, Malone. Randall Malone, I think, is such a um, excellent actor. Um, he played a great John Wayne Gacy. And <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer's scenes by Ford Austin was funny. Now, your experience in this movie now. Um, what was it like to work in a movie based on two very popular serial killers in Jeffrey Dahmer and John Wayne Gacy? Did Random Malone uh, creep you uh, out? <laughs> okay. Um, I've always said <clears throat> acting is believing. Right. Right? Acting is believing. You got to believe what you're doing, right? And uh, uh, I just, you know, let it happen. And uh, it was a small scene, but uh, yep, I no- let it happen. And uh, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I managed to get a laugh or two, so I'm very happy. Well, exactly <laughs> right. The scene that you had sticks in my head. I mean, it's the the scene does not have to be huge. If you can make an impact, <laughs> like you did. 
it's not forgotten. Because if you go on YouTube, um, they interview you uh, in, in California, and you say the same thing. It's funny. It's catchy. You know what I mean? But uh, right. did Random Malone freak you out in that John Wayne Gacy get up? <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? I said, did, did Random Malone freak you out in that John Wayne Gacy get up? He plays it so uh, well. He did it so well. Uh, I worked. I only worked with the general. Oh uh, yeah, but I mean, I mean, I'm sure you saw him though. Uh, um, oh, the general! Oh my God, <laughs> Bonnie. Well, this, especially my friend Bonnie. I got her the part. <laughs> She's a trip. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got her the part. Yeah, yeah, I got her that part, and uh, I, 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 she was really good. I thought. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, good. Yeah. And it was fun. We were doing that scene just together. You know, kind of screaming at the end. It was, you know, like it was just fun. Yeah, <laughs> she, uh, she played a hard ass sergeant. Um, wait, General Arbogast. That's it. Release him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got her the part, and she was very happy to play it, and uh, uh, she had a lot of fun, and she's a. <laughs> She's also a good friend of uh, of, uh, of Ford's. Okay. Now, is there is there anything else that, that, that that's coming down the road that uh, you're allowed to mention, or are you are you in hiatus right now? Um. Well, let's see. Uh, I have a thing out there called Ham Sandwich. Yep. It's uh, uh, you've heard of it? I've seen it right here. I was going to ask you about that, but since you mentioned it. It's a short film called Ham Sandwich. You played Hunchback. Ham Sandwich. I play the deli guy from hell. It's at Adam.com. Adam.com, which is uh, connected with Com- Comedy Central. Okay. So I recommend it. It's a very, it's an eight, eight minutes short, and it's very funny. I will at check Adam. it out. Adam.com. I will check it out. Ham Sandwich. I will check that out. Not salami sandwich. <laughs> Not ham and cheese. Not bologna sandwich. <laughs> ham sandwich. <laughs> I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm getting hungry there. Okay. Um, I uh, I also did a thing called Eagle Heart. Uh, it's a TV series that's uh, on the Comedy Channel. It's on the Cartoon Channel. Uh, it's a midnight uh, live action show called oh, wow. Eagle Heart. I, uh, I I I did a show recently of that uh, in that, and uh, I play uh, some kind of character who uh, I get killed immediately. I get uh, I get, I get the uh, uh, gooey stuff poured on me. I get, I get squids. I get this and that, and they really took me out. And I did this all with a broken arm. Oh my God! I had a broken arm, and I did this. Actors <laughs> don't stop for uh, broken arms. <laughs> Tell you what, Irwin, um, just by talking to you and watching you over the years, you know a lot of actors are different. On the set and off the set, but with you, you you carry yourself very well. You have I me mean, just by talking to you. I can see, I can hear that exact same voice in, in a lot of roles that you played on in films. Oh, thank you. Thank that's you. a good. That's thank a good you. thing. But um, I really appreciate you coming on. We tried twice before, and it never seemed to work out. And I was worried that. Uh, you said hell on him. I'm done, but I'm glad you had patience with me and uh, free to come on my show. And 
a great interview, a great actor, an icon to me and a lot of people. And you keep up the great work. I really appreciate you taking your time out for me. Well, thank you, and uh, I haven't given up yet. <laughs> Don't, because... <laughs> they still need me, yeah. But, you know, the funny part about it is I was telling my family that I'm going to be interviewing Urban Keys. They said, uh, who is he? Because they don't recognize the name. They recognize the face. You know, oh. that's what they, yeah. that's oh. what they tell me. Uh, they tell me that at horror conventions. Yeah. The, 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 the people come up to me and they'll go, all these, all these people here who were in this and were in that, I don't remember them in anything. But you, I remember, remember you in so many things. Yep. In so many things. Yep. You know what? That's a compliment. That means one thing that you stand out. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I've had a lot of fun. <laughs> well, you know, again, I appreciate you taking time out for me to tonight. And well, it's night here, but it's evening in California. But thanks again for your time, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, you bet. And and thank you very much. One more time. No problem. And uh, take care of yourself. Really Stay in I touch. Know, and you too. Thank you, sir. Take care. Keep in touch. Yep. We'll see ya. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Rusum Herzog, the voice of horror. Do you like horror? Why well, do So tune in to Rusum Herzog's Horror Movie Review. A little creepy.